Hey everybody, welcome back to another Photog Adventures podcast. I'm Aaron King. I'm Brendan Porter. With families and day jobs, we know it's hard to find time to get out there with your camera. So Brendan and I joined together and made the commitment to go out consistently and build up our landscape and astrophotography portfolios. We live in Utah and are lucky to have so many beautiful landscapes all around us. Not only do we have five national parks right here in Utah, but we are only a day or less drive away from 30 other national parks. So we created PhotogAdventures.com, this podcast, and our YouTube channel to chronicle our adventures. Come along with us to amazing places and learn from our mistakes and our successes. We hope that you will get out there too and have a photog adventure of your own. Welcome everybody to episode 28 of the Photog Adventures podcast. <laughs> you guys have already probably noticed that we're doing the Astro Photog podcast now. I'm going to do that for a couple of weeks and then we're going to send out a survey. We want to hear back from you guys about how you're feeling about the format that we're doing things, mm-hmm. anything that you wish we'd do more of. Also some questions on just how do you find us? How did you even know that we exist? And what made you guys want to stick with us? Things that we know that we're doing well, things that we can do better. We're going to hit you up with that survey and so give me a couple weeks of doing the Astro Photog podcast so we can include that in the survey. Give us your honest answers. <laughs> Again, this is for science. I, I'm excited for it. I love it. I'm, there's so many things I still want to talk about in astrophotography that I don't get to mm-hmm. to try and keep this to an hour. And so this gives me an opportunity. It gives me a, oh, what's the word? I'm like another for? outlet. An outlet. Yeah. Look, it gives me an outlet for it. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And maybe I'll even have Brendan on one or, once in a while. Yeah. And in the questionnaire, we also want to know if you guys want to hear more niche stuff, because I'm thinking about doing a macro photog. Brendan has a podcast, lot of awesome so. macro photography, and he does he has done it a whole lot more than me, and that's something that he's really loved. Like a that was niche like my first genre. love in photography was macro. Oh, really? Even that? Oh, yeah. I mean, since I was like very, very, very first starting at macro was always like one of my top things. Well, awesome. I mean, I bought the gear that I bought for photography for astrophotography in mind. My first lens yeah. I ever purchased was the Rokinon 24 millimeter. So right. it and makes some of my sense. first lenses were macro lenses. <laughs> so <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So in the, in the future, we would like to even have a third episode that's added to the Photog Adventures channel where mm-hmm. it's macro photog from Brendan. I do the astro photog on Thursday. And then on Monday, you get the Photog Adventures with both of us where we recap our trip have yeah. guests and everything it might even get to the point to where the photog adventures podcast is all about going out and stories and landscape photography and any guest host that we have that's photog that's astrophotography specific we might even move that only to our thursday segment which is the astrophotog segment mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes yeah so we'll, we'll ask you those, those those questions and see if you guys like that format if it's okay or if you would rather maybe see us branch out and not have it on the same channel, but just maybe do separate channels for A that. separate podcast entirely. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it can be really easy that you only have to download one and connect to one and you get all the content, but it's also yeah. something that's forcing you to have the content. Yeah, maybe so, you don't like those. Yeah, so we're going to test it out and see if you guys like it. Because sometimes you just have to experience things before you can yeah. really tell if you like it or not. And so then you guys can give us your honest opinion. Once we do it for a couple of weeks, you guys can say, oh, that's cool. Or nah, we'd, we'd rather have this. So Yeah, exactly. And that was the idea that we could give you guys a little bit more content and have more podcasts than once a week and kind of hit a niche that we've been trying to hit. So this is this is awesome. We're beginning it. Let's yeah. see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. So episode 28, where are we talking about today? Wow. Um, two really awesome places. So really were. on the way back from Yosemite, we drove through Death Valley because a huge, crazy death-killing storm was going to hit us. And so <laughs> we decided to avoid that and go through Death Valley and stay the night there. That's just on the other side. So Death Valley is on the east side of the mountain range that Yosemite and Sequoia National Forest are at. 
And so that was a natural place for us to park and cool place to explore that next morning. And on the way back home from there, we found out about the Valley of Fire as we were searching Google for cool places to hit on the way back. And we saw this and thought, awesome. So let's go check it out. So we went through Death Valley. Um, it's a cool place. It has an amazing history um, of killing people. It's the Valley <laughs> of Death. Um, now, seriously, did they call it Death Valley only because people died? Or did they call it Death Valley and because it's a desert and people die in the desert all the time? I mean, so, people die in Bryce Canyon, but they don't call it Death Canyon. When I first heard about Death Valley as a child, if my memory serves me correctly, is because people had died there on like a fairly regular basis in the past. Hmm, okay. Before like hydration was like a normal everyday work. work what you know? are you talking about? How was, in, in what period of history was hydration not a normal thing? Because <laughs> people just didn't say hydrate. Don't forget to hydrate. <laughs> I see. You know, hydration. Like people knew they were thirsty, but they didn't realize that when they were thirsty, you're already dehydrated. Hey, Grandpa, the technology we have today is hydration, yes. not drinking water. So quit calling it drinking. Well, no, because honestly, modern day science has found out that when you're thirsty, you're already dehydrated. Your body's telling you, I'm past the breaking point. You really, it's like emergency. Like you're <laughs> thirsty. It's like you need to give me water now or else bad things happen. But ah, so you're saying in, in this Death day and age, in this day and age, people, yeah. So when you're already thirsty in Death Valley, good luck. <laughs> you're dead. If you don't have water and you're thirsty, <laughs> you're pretty much dead. And so it's a huge park. Um, I mean, it covers like corner of the Mojave Desert. It has diverse environments like salt flats, sand dunes, badlands, valleys, canyons, and mountains. I mean, it's massive. It is the largest national park in the lower 48 states. Wait, really? It is, yeah. So other than Alaska... Or even Hawaii? Does Hawaii have a national park that's bigger? No, but Alaska probably does. Yeah, so you're so saying... So in the, in the continental U.S., it is the largest national park. I know Zion's fairly large, and it's, it's not even really close big. to Death Valley. No, or Death I mean, Valley is close, the largest but... in volume. Wow. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, and I think because of that, there's it can incorporate so many areas that when people do die in there, it probably got like a bad rep over time. So. <laughs> right. Um, you get a large enough footprint of earth and you say, let's keep stats of who dies in here. Yeah. All of a sudden, a now you have a story died. of death. Yeah, a lot of people died in this area. So, <laughs> And I think it's mostly back in like the Western days and you know stuff like that. Settlers. Is it people dying on the strip in Vegas and they get buried out there in Death Valley? Did they actually die in Death Valley? I don't know. There's... I'm sure there's tons of urban <laughs> legends around Death right. Valley because it's called Death Valley. And I think it was really probably just nicknamed that because of the Badlands and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, people just love that kind of stuff. So <laughs> they always perpetuate it. The other place is the Valley of Fire. It's a state park in Nevada. So Death Valley is just it like kind of like incorporates land between uh, California and Nevada. I found out that it's, 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 it's Nevada's oldest state park. So it's a state park, not a national park, state park. It's Nevada's oldest state park. Really? And it covers nearly 46,000 acres. That's a lot of land. And so it's located about 16 miles south of Overton. And it's where you find cool places like Elephant Rock, uh, the Windstone Arch, Fire Canyon Arch, and the Fire Wave. And the Fire Wave is what we saw. We had no idea Elephant Rock was yeah, out there. Yeah, when we were there, we parked right next to Fire Wave. We had no idea that the Elephant Rock was there. I would have gone straight to that thing if I would have known that. 
So I didn't figure that out until today. So we definitely have to go yeah. back. Two really cool places, and I'm excited to talk about those. For this week's listener, Photog Adventure, I want to feature Chris Derrick. Chris Derrick's one of the early Photog Adventure listeners, and he's been asking questions about lenses in the beginning, which one would he go for? And so we're kind of going to chronicle a little adventure of his when he was deciding on what lens to go for, and then he chose it. Hey, I'm going with the Rokinon 14mm. He bought it. Chris Derrick is out in North Carolina for school. He's at university there, and he was saying that he went out. He wanted to test his 14 millimeter Rokinon. He has a picture that he shared on the Photog Adventure listener group of an area that he had been before. And it was last December he took this picture coming. He was driving through and he loved the curve of the street. If you've ever seen it, the viaduct is off the ground. It's one of those elevated roadways and it curves on hugging the mountainside. So he's got trees right there, light trail potential with the cars, and distant mountains. The distant Blue Ridge Mountains, huh? Mm. Yeah, look at that. Okay, so he's like, all right, this would be an awesome location for the Milky Way. So he had his plan in set. He had his plan in mind. He got his lens. He was ready to go, mm -hmm. and he went out there the next morning, and this is how it went. Original plan was a bust, he says, as the Milky Way was not going to line up the way he had hoped. So in an effort mm -hmm. to make his two-hour drive to the mountains worth it, he went to a location he was familiar with that was nearby. So here's the thing where we started talking about photo pills on the, on the, uh, on the yeah, listener group yeah. is that you needed to maybe double check to see if the Milky Way was going to come up in that spot. And PhotoPills is fantastic for that because you can put your pin down right. and then navigate through the hours of the night. And it shows you where the Milky Way is at any hour. And then it actually tells you the exact spot of the galactic core. So even with our experience of going out and finding and being in a spot and it's at night and we're like, OK, the Milky Way is going to rise over here. We were completely backwards. Oh, I've done that and before. So, Not for the Milky Way, at least, but for the moon. Yeah. And so it's just like it can be disorienting. You think you're facing one direction and having an app like PhotoPills, like the, I just saw, you know, like a, a, another th a listener had posted like his photo with PhotoPills in there. And he Talking was actually. Talking about the augmented reality app. Yeah. Too. He was actually in the augmented reality part. Or was it a different app? Nope. Same thing. Sorry. Okay. So he's in the augmented reality part of the app and you can line up where you are looking that physical object you want it to be in and then there's milky way and it's really cool it's friggin' awesome if you don't have it on your phone right now i recommend it because you can get that augmented reality app up and then you can see okay here's this mountain i want the milky way oh wait the core is behind the mountain mm -hmm. you start walking 100 yards that way and get yourself around it where you can see the core now visibly on the left side of the yeah. mountain or right side of the mountain you could adjust such a fantastic tool <laughs> yeah good job guys Unlike in new me. zealand good job and we might even get a chance to talk to the photo pills creator, the bard, Raphael Pons. Oh, yeah. Really hoping that Rafa will be able to get on with us. We'll see. Hoffa? You think he goes by Hoffa like some of the Portuguese the guys do? I don't know. Hoffa. Raphael Pons. <laughs> um, and, and, and that reminds me that you also use the app for the supermoon, and you lined up your shot. You could compose your shot yeah. minutes, I mean, well above before the moon actually rose, and it came exactly where... Which it was supposed so to come. Cool. It was awesome. Because I, I, I just didn't want to lose any of that moment in my time lapse of the rise. Yeah, and you had it perfect. And so he's like, well, uh, here's where it's going to come. According to this, let's go for it. Hit record. It totally it worked <laughs> famously. So. Uh, yeah. So here, here Chris is saying he went out to this location. He didn't realize what time of year he'd be fighting with light pollution this so bad. So he shares yeah. the image of the Milky Way with the Rokinon 20 or the 14 millimeter Rokinon. It's really an awesome image. When you look at the sky, the star... The quality of the stars, the scene, the Milky Way in the distance looks awesome. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Way to go. 
I just wish there was something in the foreground. So, I mean, that's something you're going to... You're next. reading his mind, because he says he does. Yeah. He wishes it had more in the foreground, but he had to just compromise. He yep. was stuck in that situation. I drove yep. two hours to get to the mountains, and then the mountains I wanted were just not in the right location, so we had yeah. to go off to this other location. And he says he left the house at 1.30 in the morning and got home at 6.30 a.m. I know, see, that's... <laughs> and so that's why I, at least you got something cool out of it, because this picture is cool. I oh, love yeah. how the Milky Way is coming right out of the light bloom it actually looks really cool like it's somehow like overspill from that yeah, or something right so it's, it's still a very natural. cool image i just wish there was a little bit more foreground way to go chris that was awesome he says he's ready for summer and he can't wait till it's a little more vertical and he get out there it's be a lot more warm but it actually yeah. won't be you go to the mountains it could be in july it's still cold it manages to be cold even in august here some places still freezing cold so yeah. Brendan and I have in the works something that we're going to make it easier for you to submit your photog adventure that we can feature in the podcast. We've got another .com that we purchased that's going to be perfect for it. Hopefully you guys can go there and use that. Mm -hmm. We want to hear more of your stories. We want to hear about them and feature them. So uh, we'll get that to you guys soon. Hopefully next week, the next podcast, we'll be able to announce it. All right. So now let's go back to talking about the locations we went to. And we'll begin with Death Valley because that's in, we'll just go in the order that we left Yosemite in. Death Valley first, then we went out to Valley of Fire. Death Valley was really interesting and cool. We got there at night. We did a little bit of research on the phone to figure out, you know, where we should camp. And there's a big open desert dune area that we wanted to go the to. The Mesquite Sand Dunes. Yeah. And so that had some amazing, awesome pictures that people had taken before in the past. And we wanted to see that area. And maybe scope out like, oh, this is a really cool image. Where did you think he went to get this image? And so we got to be able to plan that the next day. That was really cool. Coming in that night, though. I mean, that, that was night, nuts. Was... We were planning with our phone, but man, Google Maps really, they let us down for the it, first time ever. It did. It sent us through all these like like crossroads so instead, of, instead of just going on the highway. So you got to picture this with the map where it shows, okay, here you are coming out of Fresno. It's going to go down below here in Bakersfield, then it's going to curve you back up to Death Valley. When it gets to the Death Valley portion, it has a little split that says, hey, you can go this way to Death Valley, or you can kind of go up really high and then come over to Death Valley. And you're looking at that, you zoom in and zoom out, it looks like, well, it's pretty straight either way, except this one has a weird up and then goes left. Oh, go to the right. So this one's 20 minutes faster. That one's about, okay, well, I'll just do the one that's 25, 30 minutes faster. Was it, was it 40 minutes faster or was it just 20 minutes faster? It didn't seem like a lot. It was just a few minutes faster and it looked straight. So it was perfect. Brendan takes me on the road that gets me to the part where we start curving onto this faster path. Oh my lands. It's pitch black. It's a beautiful area for dark sky. We're mm -hmm. alone. I have the stupid check engine light going still wondering if that's going to become a problem and now here we are going out in the middle of nowhere in the dark and it has the sign right away beware of flooding and i'm like are you kidding me mm. and they have like temporary construction sea sawhorses you know where this the sign's been propped out stand stood up and it has a warning that says watch for flood watch for flood and it's a temporary thing not a permanent mm -hmm. hey watch out this could be flooding it's like recently it's flooded beware right and as we would go it would go up a little bit like uh we're going up a hill and then we come down into a valley of a hill and it was just this roller coaster of up down <laughs> up down and my lights on that stupid car were not reaching any of the lowest parts of the valley it always looked like and it looked like every <laughs> single one of those down dips was like flooded yeah it was black it was in shadow completely yeah. in shadow and so i would go up and come down and then I'd slam on my brakes and go okay no it's not a flood okay i keep going and it happened 16 <laughs> 25 times one after another and every time i want to go fast and i'd slow down I'm like oh no 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 it's not a flood i was so nervous i didn't know what i was going to hit trying to get us there safely 
And they're going through the desert with all this possible risk. And then a car comes behind me and it wants to go much faster than I'm going. And so I'm trying to let it pass and it will not pass me. It just will not. And so now I'm starting to get the stress of someone on your butt and someone who just won't pass you. And you're trying to let them pass. You're slowing down, veering to the right, trying to get them to go around and they won't. And you're wondering, crap, okay, what does he want? Why is he following us? He what if this breaks down? We're in the middle of Death Valley or yeah. on the way Death to it. <laughs> so I'm like, why, did this, why is this happening? And I keep looking at Brendan's phone asking him, like, are you sure this is the right way? Is this right? What do I do next? And I was and getting like, yeah, we're angry. on the path. I mean, I was getting, you know, like the I haven't slept forever frustrated, angry oh, yeah. that I was like, just tell me where I go next. Just how many more miles until that spot? And he had new directions coming almost every, what, eight miles? It seemed like it was four to eight mile segments of directions that we'd change, we'd yeah. turn. Because the road would like slightly go on this road and then back onto this road again. Or we'd veer and don't turn right like it looks like you should, just keep going left. Right. Or we'd hit a stop sign and go completely 90 degrees that way. Then we'd yeah. hit another stop sign and go 90 degrees that way. I'm like, are you freaking sure that this is taking us to Death Valley? It looks so straight originally. Right. That was really odd. <laughs> it was. It was really odd. It takes us around that industrial complex that has a store and a bunch of residential areas. Yeah, it was like a big, like it was like kind of some kind of like open mine or something. And there was like yeah. a little like dollar dollar store. <laughs> dollar store that was hanging right out right there. there. We're like, what the heck? Yeah, and it takes us through the there where there's here? lights and everything. And then we it's go. It's literally the it. middle of nowhere, people. <laughs> literally the middle of nowhere. There's some industrial buildings and like a warehouse and like a dollar store. Like, who is shopping here? Right. The rabbits? I mean, people who work at the mine need a dollar store nearby and it's not just a regular really store? weird, yeah. What was that, like 10 p.m. at night at that point? Yeah, and I think it was actually still open. The lights were still on. <laughs> <laughs> so we're getting through this bizarre path so that's weird. taking us everywhere. It gets around that one part of civilization and keeps going straight, does more turns, more turns. We're starting to get into an area where it's obvious they haven't fixed the roads for a long time. It's not only mm, bad yeah. areas with potholes, but you've got dust going over the road. Like, they have not driven on this cleared it nothing the desert's reclaiming the road basically yeah 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 and i'm like are you freaking serious we're supposed to be going this way are you sure are you sure and he looks at the map looks at google maps like yeah it's really fun says go yeah. this way and we get to a point where our headlights have reached our headlights can reach this thing in front of us that obviously is a closed road a gate stop saying closed and I'm just freaking out. I'm like, you, you kidding me? We saved 20 something minutes so we can go here where it's like, oh no, this road's closed now. You can't go through this way. It yeah. wasn't until we got to the last like 10 yards in front of that gate that I could see that there was another road that went left. And even the direction says go left right there. Yeah. And that left road was more of the up-down roller coaster, desert road, but it actually started having some signs for Death Valley. It kind of had evidence of like a 1950s, 60s, fun recreation area or camping situations yeah, for people. Yeah, like people would go and RV all the time around yeah, their area. That's like, what it it was like, like. This is open RV land, or not RV, but like um, open ATV and motorcycle land. Kind they of had thing. some really yeah. colorful signs and some old-fashioned, like, here's like a scenic look, and they had a map out or a big uh, wooden placard that was telling you the sort of like, information. Oh, I think we're here. <laughs> yeah, we're getting close. <laughs> and so that thing takes us totally straight. From that 90-degree turn on that left turn, it was totally straight all the way through a couple bumps, and that's it, and then... It hit this nice, paved, fancy-looking highway, the kind of highway you'd think you'd be driving the entire way from Bakersfield to a very scenic, very obvious landmark of Yeah, the and then we're looking Park. back the road like, wait a minute, we should have been on that road the whole time. The whole time. That was an extra Stupid 25 Google. minutes, and that was the thing that went straight up and then went over and I'm to thinking, the right. Yeah, and after having that discussion with Aaron at the car, I'm just like thinking, I don't think we saved any time. I think we spent <laughs> more time on these back roads. It did feel that way. 
And I kept braking because I was we could afraid have gone of hitting faster. flooding. It's probably faster speed limit and everything. It's like, oh, what the heck gosh. is Google doing to us? Why Google Maps? I understand that you found an actual road that if you were driving it at the same and equal speed. And I thought there was only one road out there, so I didn't even second guess to think oh, that there could be two routes there. No uh, idea. Uh, why? I mean, you have Death Valley that's, feature, that's you know featured worldwide. You have populated areas, very high populated areas down here. It should just be a straight road or at least an obvious path. I mean, and why? it was, and we just didn't take it. You just, you look at the we map the and you see it go road. up north. <laughs> Robert Frost would be proud of us because we took the road oh, less traveled. We definitely did. <laughs> this is to you, Robert. Thank Dedicated you, Robert. to Robert Frost. <laughs> Mr. Frost. Mr. Frost. What time do we finally get there? It was late. I don't even know, like one o'clock maybe? You it were kind like of really out of it. You got a little energized at first and you wanted to go hike to the middle. And I'm like, no, 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 let's make our tent. Yeah, I was like, sand dunes, let's go check it out. <laughs> I was actually looking for a soft place to sleep. <laughs> and we ended up sleeping in the sand still, but it wasn't as soft as I was hoping it would be. I wanted a really soft, I wanted powder soft bed to sleep on for once because the night before was horrible sleeping on a concrete slab oh right story from a previous yeah story from (laughs) our previous podcast so my hips were already bruised from because i'm a side sleeper so my skinny little hips were already bruised from the stinking concrete and i wanted soft sand to sleep on and we didn't really get that because that i mean it was a little better it actually did like that did did feel like a dip i could like kind of get into but it, it was still pretty hard. Bring something to sleep on is my only <laughs> we were at a, tip we on We were that. at a sandy area. I just think it was because a lot of rain had fallen there. That's why I kind of want to go to a higher, like, dune-ish type thing to sleep on. But we just didn't, I don't know. We just didn't do it. So, And I had bruised hips, whatever. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm better now. Uh, That night I didn't sleep very well either, but I'm going to talk more about that here in a second. Let's go ahead and take our first break of the podcast, and we'll come back and tell more of the stories, include Valley of Fire in the stories, and then we'll talk about what went well and what didn't go well with our photography. Okay. Welcome back to the Photog Adventures podcast. During the break, we just went outside to go and check to see if they could, if we could find that comet. It's Comet 41P. It's a Jupiter comet that orbits Jupiter. It's trapped by the gas giant and then orbiting the sun. So it's doing an orbit between Jupiter and the sun, and every 5.5 years, it gets close to the Earth. And it's the closest it's ever been in over a century. I and still no, couldn't find it. No There's sight. Too much, too much light pollution. I'm just trying from my backyard. Even with this telescope that's got a six-inch aperture, I just could not locate it yeah that's a shame but that would have been awesome i could have come back and reported that i saw a big fuzzy little blot in the sky the fuzzy blot in the sky (laughs) so in segment two we're still talking about our stories and right now we're in valley of fire that's where we went to next after death valley we jumped on the freeway to head home and we're like oh is there some cool places between here and home we were trying kolob canyon and zion that's where we were kind of heading because we're looking for something for the sunset yeah. And so when you're driving out looking for something in the sunset and you've got a few hours, you know, you've got some leeway. But every, everything we thought of, like St. George or someplace cool in Zion, and it was, just, it was too far. We would have been like an hour 
after sunset by the time we got to our location. So we were forgetting that the time changed because we were oh, driving from the right. Pacific time zone to the mountain time zone. Yeah, and so we, we weren't we adjusting for that, that at first. That right? yeah. Oh, yeah. Once we realized we lost that hour, we're like, we can't even go that far. We That's can't even true. go into Utah. As we came to this realization, we were, the very next exit was Valley of Fire. And we're like, what's that? And did I was we like, see the sign first or did you say Valley of Fire? You know, was in the area. I, I, saw, you said I think that, I saw it on the map. Oh, that's and I was what it like, was. And I was like, Valley of Fire? Because it just, as I was like pinching and zooming into our location to see closer and closer where things were close to us in that Nevada yeah, right. you know, region, I was like, what's Valley of Fire? And I'm like, wait a minute, I've heard of that before. And Aaron's <laughs> like, I've never heard of that. And what I was like, it? and I'm like, yeah, I've heard of it before. Let's look into it. So we looked at it. Sure enough, the very next freeway exit <laughs> we couldn't was take, so that like, was like, okay, let's go check it out. If we had taken another two minutes, we would have missed that exit. Yeah. If we had decided that late. It was that close. It was it awesome. It was perfect timing. <laughs> we knew it was meant to be. So then we turned off in that exit and went down another nice long Death Valley-like road, but this one was more straightforward. It was awesome. Yeah, and it's funny because it's got this really dull, just bland, gray-brown right? mountains they were big, but they were just like ugly and not very cool. And we're just like, we're like, are we really in the right place? Yeah, like it's really gonna... weird. You're like driving through, and it's like this place looks really drab. So this has got to be the wrong, wrong direction. And uh, so we were second guessing ourselves until like we turn a corner, and all of a sudden this huge, fiery, gnarly Obviously rock red. was like shooting out of the ground, <laughs> and the sun was like getting to a low point where it was like just lighting this thing up. Oh, yeah, golden and we're like, light. holy Hannah, we're in the right place. <sighs> we were getting really excited at that point. Holy moly, this is awesome! So <laughs> yeah, we knew we were in the right place at that point. So that was way really, that was a really cool like entrance. The weird thing about the park is that they have crazy like hours they don't let you like do anything at night and so we were having this discussion of you know would they allow us to with special permission or anything like that because we don't want to really break their rules to do cool astrophotography with the cool rock structures in the park because it's a really ridiculous rule it's Mm -hmm. something that i think we didn't notice until we got to our location we drive in she says are you camping with us tonight we're like no Mm -hmm. i'm just Okay, she makes us pay 10 bucks. We go in, and all the way at the parking lot by the wave, there's a sign, and we finally see it, and it says, trespassing after sunset. Yeah, and we're like... The park closes. And Ranger actually pulled up into the parking lot where there's a few cars parked to, like, make sure everybody's out at sunset. It's like, you've got to be kidding me. I walked over to him, and I said, hey, uh, so are we really going to have to leave right at sunset? Because we're here to capture the sunset. Do we have any time whatsoever to get out of here after we finished the sunset. And he had to ask for special permission from his boss. Yeah, he like radio, radioed it in. <laughs> it's like, really? So like, these guys want to stay a few minutes after sunset. Is it okay? It's like, what in the <laughs> world? Why? Why do you have that rule? I understand that some people might do damage at night, and so you got to protect the park or protect areas, but giant, amazing, worldwide known parks are open after dark. Oh, yeah. Like, no big deal. And it's free after dark. Just drive right in yeah. and hang out, you know? So it makes you wonder if there's something being hidden. Maybe there's <laughs> vampires that live there. It was Nevada. Nevada, 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 Nevada. Wow, that's a tongue. Nevada vampires. Nevada vampires. Say that five times fast. The Vanguard Nevada Vampire Association. I think they work for Vandalay Industries. And the Nevada Vanguard. <laughs> the Vanguard Nevada Vampire Association of Vandalay Industries. Oh, Vandalay Industries. <laughs> We've got to leave that in. That is too awesome. Um, so, Say Vandalay Industries. Say Vandalay Industries. So anyways, there's got to be something weird because this is just the weirdest, it's just the weirdest thing. 
I was so disappointed so because weird. I thought this is going to be great. Why do we leave? Let's just stay here it's tonight and do astrophotography. Rule. It'll be great. I was like, I'm not going to get much sleep if we drive into Kolob Canyon. So why don't we just do it here right. and capture it? And if anything, if we feel like it's going to be too cloudy or gets bad, we'll just keep driving. We'll arrive at Kolob early morning. And we knew that the Milky Way wasn't going to be anything because yeah. the moon was on top of the Milky Way. Yeah, I'll bring up that in a moment. While they are blocking us from going out, we can't stay there afterwards. It was at least worth the $10 just to drive in. Oh, yeah, yeah. We can't stay late, but man, the golden hour light on that awesome park, driving the what, seven, eight miles from the gate mm -hmm. to where we went to. Mm -hmm. Beautiful rock. Awesome stuff. Things I had no idea was in Nevada. Oh, I know. Especially right there on the pathway to Las Vegas. I know. We were Vegas. just like, our eyes were as wide as they can get yeah. to soak it all in. And we're just like, oh. <gasps> You drive the so Red cool. Canyon area over by St. George, and then you go towards Las Vegas, and you kind of drive that stretch thinking there's nothing else here. But you pass mm -hmm. by Valley of Fire. The Valley of Fire State Park is beautiful. I just wish that they... I can't get over it. I just wish they'd let us go outside after dark. I'm worried that if I went there for a sunrise that I couldn't drive anywhere before the sunrise to get ready. Yeah, because it's like they even had like the roads like gated off, yep. I think, too. Exactly. So you can't even go to the interesting spots because the road is blocked off. Now, they do a allow you guys to stay there if you camp, but you can only stay in your campground. They say you're trespassing if you're out beyond your campground after dark. Who makes these dumb rules? I mean, seriously. Large corporations and bureaucracies, they make those rules. So it's, it's just, beautiful. It's a state park with the dumbest rules. If you get a chance to have golden hour in this park, sunrise or sunset, Valley of Fire State Park, completely recommend it. It's worth it. It's worth the money, especially if there's some drama in the sky, some clouds and yeah. stuff, which there were a few clouds. And so... The light didn't hit them, though. No, not, not the way we really wanted. To, but uh, it was still pretty awesome. Being there in person was another. It's another perfect example of just go out in there, just go out there and be there. Whether your photographs turn out or not is you won't you won't know that until you go. Yeah. And so just being there in person was so worth the the ten bucks per car. <laughs> like it's like five dollars each. It's not a big deal. So what worked and what went well for our photography then? Both places, Death Valley or Valley of Fire. Do you got anything? So what went well was probably when we went to the. To the Badwater area. Oh, yeah. Badwater Basin. It was really cool because it's like a big salty mudflat area. A lot like the salt flats here. Yeah. It was very flat. And there was like a lot of water out there too because of the f recent rainfall. Mm. There's still a ton of water out there. So there's these really cool small like castle-like salty mud structures that would evolve because of the water. And the crystals would grow, right? And then they would build these really cool like mini hoodoos. <laughs> and so using the 7300 like in macro mode was super fun. That that turned out really well and I'm and I'm a little excited to process some of those macro shots better too, so. Did you know that some idiots recently ruined a section of the Badlands of the Badwater Basin? How did they do that? They drove out on it with their freaking little oh, what was it a I think it was a Volkswagen bus-like vehicle. Oh, so they, they ruined it by smashing all those little structures down, driving Well, they along. just drove way into it and got stuck and abandoned it there. They had to get it towed out of there. Oh. So the driving onto it to get the thing out of there with the bigger vehicle that would tow, all those tire treads, all of those marks that they put deep into the mud, They'll it's going to take forever. decades probably to recover. Oh, that's crazy. It's so obnoxious. I never... See, that's the thing you never think about. And this, obviously, these guys didn't think about that. And those beautiful puddles, the beautiful, like, the shapes that it creates. Yeah. There's going to be a section now where it's going to have that line that through That mar. It. It's, yeah. It'll be marred it'll for be years. It'll be a mar. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Because that dirt is really interesting because it's crystal dirt. It's not just something that, like, 
more dirt will like like fill it in like from yeah. being blown over because there's nothing to blow into it. It's just it's, it's vacant for so many miles. It's a real bummer. It, it just don't be idiots, guys. Don't be idiots. It says there's a don't parking drive. lot for a reason. Yep, and there's signs everywhere. Yeah, it's just there's points where there's accessible where you can just drive off. Yeah, I like the salt flats. And yeah. that's great that they don't have a fence there. But you just got to be a non-idiot. Yeah, it's, this is the thing. Is This is the one, the one person that will ruin it for everybody. So they'll build some crazy, stupid fence now. Or they'll close it then, at night. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is probably what happened in Nevada. Friggin' Valley of Fire. So, yeah. Anything else that went um, well? In the Valley of Fire, I did a, uh, an HDR pano. And so I did five exposures for each pano slice and so it was like amazing huge high definition great lit like massive pano were you just doing stacking or were you doing high definition or high dynamic range yeah so i was doing hdr bracketing stacking those and then and then and then taking those taking that stack and then putting together slices and making the pano so there's like a total of like, so say if I did seven sections and there's five layers for each seven sections. So, I mean, you're talking a lot of data, Yeah. you know, it's going to be cool when it's all done. I'm in the, like, I'm like in the middle of it right now. <laughs> and, uh, so the cool thing is, is like, you can really zoom in and get some awesome, like crazy, awesome detail. But the bad thing is like most panos, it's just a big, wide, expansive view. There's nothing really focused on. You know, there's not really a focus point for the picture. It's just right. a great grand view, you know. So it might make a really cool, long, huge canvas picture. Just you know, to like experience the area, not necessarily right. a composition with a right. balance that feels like my eyes are being led to this right. point. It's just a big, huge, wide open view, you know, so. Yeah. Right. And unfortunately on this trip, I can't say anything went well with my type of photography. I mean, I can kind of sum it up with what didn't go well with first we were out here in this situation where we weren't expecting to be here. So I have a long lens, and that would have been really fun to take advantage of, but we weren't there for sunset in Death mm-hmm. Valley. Sunrise in Death Valley, the um, cloud cover blocked yeah, you did the wake sun. Up. Yeah, I was so tired. I was like, I don't care. And you just, you woke up anyways and went out there. I was a there. diligent adventurer. I was, I was out there. I was going to experience it. I went out at 3 a.m. for the astrophotography yeah. opportunity. The clouds were clear. There were only some over there in the horizon. And then the darndest thinnest, tiniest moon was on top of the Milky Way galaxy. Yeah. Right there on the galactic core was this moon. It was close enough that it just washed everything out. Because any light over the Milky Way is just going to be bad news. Oh, and this so. one was a sliver of, of a percentage. Oh, it's so bad. So sad. That's what you kind of learn from experience, right? Yeah. And my that's ex- my first time actually getting out there and doing that and seeing it at this percentage. Yeah. Because I normally don't go out until it's closer to new moon and make all the effort. And we just happened to be there because the firefall right. was so that time it. of the month. Right. And so I figured I'd try it out. And I woke up for it and it ended up being not worth and it. So you know, now, now you know, okay, avoid that next time. Exactly. So for me, you know, overall what I learned from the trip is just that there are so many cool places to explore. It's such a huge area that we literally only scratched the surface. I mean, that's less than most situations. I've seen pictures of... I've seen pictures recently of um, Death Valley, and I have no idea. We didn't even drive anywhere near those places that I saw pictures of. So I'm like, man, this this place is huge. <laughs> we seriously have to go back and explore a lot more there because it's such a neat place. I'm so excited to. Just don't die there, and we're good. Just don't die. 
going to Valley of Fire again, what didn't work out for me is I had that 7300 lens and I was trying to get a composition with it. Mm -hmm. I was forcing myself to practice with a long lens photography. And in the situation where we were, it was more of a vista. You know, we were up high. We picked a nice spot to see everything. But darn it, I think we killed ourselves on what we could actually capture because I had some things in my foreground that were really interesting rock. But because they were really like really distracting, interesting shape. Mm. It ended up being distracting in my image. So I ended up cropping off everything below that rock so that I only could feature on the rock that I had so that my subject was featured. But once I fixed it, so my subject was featured, I ended up with an image that had a composition that was just boring. Mm. I could balance on the rule of thirds that this mountain peaking was peaking over the horizon over in this third of the image. Beyond that, there was nothing else in there. It was just sort of desert looking and not interesting desert looking. Mm. I tried another image where I had sort of a street coming through and it had a car in it. I thought, maybe maybe this will be nice. So I started processing that image and it had a lot of cool rock color, a lot of cool golden hour light, but it was everywhere. And it was not hitting the road. None of it was on the actual road. So if I wanted my subject to be that road leading through the image, because there wasn't any light there and the light was everywhere else, there was no way for the eye to know, where do you want me to look? Mm. And all the compositions I tried from that spot were kind of like that. If there were clouds that were really going to be awesome and glowing red and there weren't in this situation, I would have faced more directly at the sunset and captured these little cool rocks as silhouettes between me and it. But because I was looking out towards the golden hour light and trying to use that 7300, mm-hmm. I got stuck with a situation that I zoomed in too far in order to get a nice shot that made sense and then it had nothing interesting. Or if I pulled back too far, it had so many interesting things in view that it became too hard to tell what was cool about it. So I guess I'm learning that long lens photography means a real obvious subject. It can't have competing subjects. Yeah, you've got to really plan. I think you've really got to plan your shot out well and have a a fair amount of experience with a longer lens for doing that. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of experience, we're going to hit gear time just after this, and uh, we'll talk about that lens, actually. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Let's get started with gear time. Um, Today, I'm going to talk about the lens we talked about earlier. That is the Canon 70-300 f4. Two F five six L, and I mentioned that in my. If you go to the YouTube channel and see the review I did on it, um, that's one thing that kind of, kind of got me was just like that. It, it's just not an F four along the whole band, which is a little sad. But it does have image stabilizer. It is an ultrasonic uh, lens. It is L glass. It is a fantastic lens. When you zoom in at three hundred and do some macro stuff, it's really fun. <laughs> and I had forgotten that, and so popping this thing on on my full frame. And doing some macro stuff was really fun. It's not the best macro lens I've ever had. I'm going to recommend it for well-lit portraiture stuff. Sure. This is a fantastic lens. Um, it has a couple of different options for stabilization. So if you're using it indoor that's well-lit, like a really well-lit um, arena or something like that, it would probably be okay. Um, it's got like the, the IS has two different options for panning and for tilting. And so um, those modes are there. And uh, like, if some of the, like some of the other... Um, zoom lenses that Canon makes. And so, yeah, it focuses uh, fantastically well. It was really fast. I never, the the focus didn't seem lazy at any point. So whether I was zoomed out or zoomed in, it didn't make any difference. And uh, so, yeah, 
I didn't really address the focus breathing on the on the lens. I didn't really have enough time to really critique that. So um, there could be some issues with the focus breathing. There most likely is, but I am not currently aware of how bad or minimal they actually are. So um, if you're interested in focus breathing, Tony Northrup did a really great video on focus breathing. And so you can search that on YouTube to see what I'm talking about because when you're dealing with zoom lenses, uh, that can become a real issue with uh, if you're for the kind of work that you wanna do specifically with the lens, it could be a real downer. So I had a really good time using that lens and uh, it's a great piece of gear, fantastically fun lens. I rented it twice from lensrentals.com and I'm still I still want to rent it again. So yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. And because it's lighter than the F2.8 7200, right. it's an option for when I'm hiking a lot more than using the 7200. That's a beast. Yeah. And it's a little more compact, I think, too, because the way it zooms yeah. telephotos out when it zooms, it's a bit more compact of a lens, too. So yeah, it is better for landscaping and hiking and stuff like that. Right on. Well, going into the tip of the week, I want to talk about goal zero. Your goal is zero fatalities when you're out there doing photography. No, Goal Zero oh, yes. is a brand. It's a company that does batteries and, you know, kind of... Uh, solar panels. Solar panels, kind of stuff, yeah. things that you would need for scenarios like, hey, uh, I want this in my... Uh, what, do we, what should I say? Like kind of survival stuff? Yeah, nice it could be... survival. Yeah, like a survival kit type of thing. Because they have, they have the small solar cells to charge your battery on your phone, for instance. Mm -hmm. You can charge your phone with a little solar cell type of thing. And these like car battery size batteries that you can ch plug in, charge them, and then take them with you and have mm -hmm. power for generating power for out there. I mean, they have really large ones that you can use to power your RV. A silent right. RV power, oh man, that's fantastic. So while you're driving, mm. it's charging. When you get there, you put this out there and you power the entire RV and it's silent. That's cool. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. So goal zero, just goal like you expect, G-O-A-L, zero, all one word. Mine is the goal zero Yeti 400. My dad gifted it to me and my family so that we had something if power goes out. Oh. It's a quick and easy way to have electricity when we need it for food preparation, anything, whatever we need, it can last for quite a while. And why I'm recommending as a tip of the week is you can get the Yeti 100s or 150 or something, the smaller ones, or you can get this more expensive one and we just have it in the back of our car. We have it in the back of our car or our truck. Anything we're out there with on our Photog adventure, we keep it with us. And this trip to Yosemite was a long trip. Yeah. We're out there doing time lapses, tons of them. And I have about four really good batteries. And charging when we would drive. But what if I'm not driving? How do I charge with my car? Do I want to use my car battery in the middle of Death Valley and potentially use it up or have some accident? Mm. No. Yeah. So having this Goal Zero was awesome because it was in the back seat. I plugged, in, I plugged a simple power strip to it, and I had three battery chargers running on it all night long. So while I'm sitting in a tent getting yeah. a few hours of sleep, it's charging up my battery for the morning. Nice. That oh, was so nice. I mean, it's completely safe completely quick and easy to use you plug into it like you would plug into anything and it's there as a backup in case we have any situation that goes on and we used it back in goosenecks and goblin trip mm -hmm. and we usually would charge our batteries from these we had it out there on a table at the goblin valley part at the goblin valley pavilion where we were just waiting for the day to cool off so we can go out there and we just had it sitting at our table charging up our batteries as well as running my laptop and so we were running the laptop off of it mm -hmm. charging batteries and just sitting there with all the power in the world it was nice oh Oh, I love it. So Goal Zero Batteries, tip of the week. We'll put a link in the show notes so that you guys can, re can find what I'm talking about. And when you go to their website, you're going to see that they have so many different products. They've oh, yeah. really expanded their product base. It's crazy how many things they have now. So solar panels for your phone, small ones that are 
really portable to big ones that you can sit outside your RV or, or your campsite and generate quite a bit of solar power. And the so, thing with the solar panel is we're out there for a week and we're using up the battery and it starts going low. I just put that solar panel out while we're sitting there during, during the whole day right. and it charge will charge it up. It'll yeah. charge up the big battery. So fantastic. Oh yeah. So, so thanks yeah. guys for listening. Thanks guys for following us again. Um, we didn't even get a chance to mention it, but Brendan, you're back from the dead. I mean, he had a recovery period that's still going. It's an ongoing recovery. This is week one. Yeah. My op- I had an operation last Friday, exactly a week ago, and I'm recovering from that. So yeah, it's been a rough week. I've really been just trolling, not really even leaving comments on Facebook and stuff. <laughs> trolling means something I else. Even... Are you looking at comments or are you trolling people and saying that they're still Oh sucks? no, so I wasn't trolling. I was just, br- <laughs> I guess I was just browsing. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, th- I'm a, I'll be a silent liker and that's it. Um, <laughs> you feeling yeah, because better? I'm feeling, yeah, I'm feeling better now, but I'm still tired, you know, and I'm not dead yet. Not dead yet. Good. So, you have a few years in our contract where you can't die. I think that this overall will be a very good thing, though. You know, taking care of a hernia is usually a pretty good thing. <laughs> I'm excited to be more fully active. Maybe I don't more know active. Many people that say it's I not think, a good thing. Yeah, I think I'll be more active this year than last year because it kind of like it kind of put a hampers on things a little bit. You know, when oh, you have a great. hernia, you don't really seem you seem to avoid certain physical activity, <laughs> yeah. and it didn't seem like I did. No. Have a problem with it, but I think you'll notice a more improved, a new well, improved. That's not great me. news for the chubbier guy, you or maybe s- it's great news for the chubbier guy because then yeah, I can you thin step out again. Up. Step things up, step thin up. things out. Yeah, start doing a photog adventure ab report, ab workout, <laughs> weekly photog ab report. I'll settle for less jiggle in my cheeks when I rock down the stairs, and I mean my facial yeah. cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> not all your cheeks. I guess everywhere all the would be sufficient. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully you guys are hearing the music and you're already turned off the podcast by now. And we'll talk to you guys again next time. Have a good one, guys.